Hey, this is Talking With Our Multiple. I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan. Today we have a fantastic guest who not only works in database analysis and support, but is also a fellow foodie whose Instagram account, Eugene Eats That, is one you should definitely follow. He is Eugene Fong. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey guys, Welcome. how you doing? Good, yourself? Very good. Oh, not bad. You know, having a good old stay-at-home quarantine. Are you uh, Just, Are you working from home? Working from home, sleeping from home, eating from home. It, it's the, it is definitely the summer of being at home, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I worked so hard on my beach bod, but now I'm not going to be able to, you know, show it <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, man. The global quarantine diet will be occurring very shortly after the quarantine ends. <laughs> yeah. Although, unless you're in Florida, of course, you go in front of a courthouse and you do squats and push-ups, right? <laughs> oh, that is a thing, isn't it now? I, yeah. I guess that, like... Yeah, yeah. No disrespect, Florida. I love you guys. I love Disney. Is it because the Yelp review is that good? Like, squats in front of the courthouse is much better than other places? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. And, and now you can have judges judge how well you squatted. <laughs> make it official right so how's uh, how's the pandemic for you how's staying at home in general well it's been actually really interesting because at first uh, things were really quiet uh, work was like dead still uh, people were more reacting to the world so to speak mm -hmm. and then as we sort of got used to it I find that the amount of work I'm having to handle has increased dramatically People are now doing home workouts. Half my friends become bakers. Uh, like I'm not too sure, but I guess people are starting to adjust. Yeah. And just like that, they announce, "Oh, we're going to start phasing it back to normal." So uh, we'll see how this we'll, goes. We'll see. I yeah. worry. I worry because uh, did you hear about South Korea with that one guy who went to a few clubs and then I think indirectly cause like or directly cause 70 something <laughs> infections and indirectly caused another 20 something i saw that article oh i didn't read the article but i saw the title of that article that guy was relentless man he was like on a mission to just go out there so well if you really think about it technically every single person at the club is technically responsible too because they were there too not just him also true but hey, um, back to over here. I, I do worry that with things over time, uh, I guess, loosening up, that we're going to see another kind of spike in our numbers, which, which is terrifying because my parents are getting old. My wife's parents are getting old. We also have a two-year-old, you know, so absolutely want any of them to get sick. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. Uh, it's it's the people that do not have that type of worry, which are going to go a little bit wild, you know, because, like, right now they're all being told to stay in, and the extroverts are kind of going nuts. So unless they find a new means to uh, get that interaction going, uh, then they're going to be rushing. Like, people are going to plan their five-minute hugs because they haven't seen their friend in so long. Mm-hmm. On a more uh, positive note, have you started doing anything new now that you're home? Wow. Okay. Let me see here. 
I've binge-watched virtually every show I have yet to catch up on. Nice. I've reintroduced myself to Minecraft, which oh. has been... A, a life is being given away right now, and it's being <laughs> absorbed by Microsoft at Minecraft right now. It's just... Ah, uh, new things. Doing, doing some writing. A couple of ideas. Some, I've, I've worked on a lot of side projects, and so some of these side projects did not sort of... They're not in the right... Uh, schedule anymore because mm -hmm. of the, this thing, and so some of them I had to take offline and then bring them back in a different manner. But uh, we're, everything is still a constantly in development, right? Yeah. Uh, and then in particular, this one particular project I'm thinking about right now, uh, I was working on a book with a, an illustrator, and oh wow, because we've combination of new ideas coming in plus the quarantine. <laughs> She had to go back home, uh, so our interactions have changed dramatically. Uh, it just made me think, okay, wait, you know what, let's dial it back, start working more as individual pods as opposed to a, a, a combination, and then, you know, just go from there. Is there any way to, I guess, do the work over Zoom together? Uh, well, that's the thing, right? At the time, there was, we were having some technical issues. Uh, so it was a, a little bit of that, and her, I believe her planning to travel to go back with her parents, and her parents live in a different city. Oh, so wow, okay. that sort of really caused a pretty large scheduling break mm -hmm. as, as she tried to figure out the logistics of that. So uh, all the same, uh, things have gone pretty stir crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going a little stir crazy too. My two year old especially though. She's, wow, what's uh, that like? She's She's not handling the pandemic well. The last two days have been absolutely horrid for her. She doesn't really stop crying, and she isn't sleeping well and isn't able to get to sleep properly without my wife or myself patting her to sleep, which is not normal anymore. Like, she is able to fall asleep on her own normally. And mm -hmm. then today, she gave my mother the cold shoulder on the phone which is very unusual since she loves my mom. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're getting to that point. <laughs> you can probably hear her crying in the background right now. My wife's trying to get her to sleep. Is is it is it you? Are you annoying to her? Is that what's going on? What, what, uh, I don't know how this works. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm just I'm teasing you there, but it's I no you know what it's it is probably me I'm I'm super annoying Nightingale can <laughs> definitely attest to that I constantly drive her insane I'm actually surprised. you said it not me no no exactly I am saying <laughs> I I am saying it I'm putting it out there for all of our listeners to hear <laughs> that I am in shock that Nightingale is still my partner I thought that she would have you know, kick me to the curb and continue this podcast on her own long ago. <laughs> <laughs> She's silent. So, can you, can, would you be willing to confirm or deny that Michael's statement is true? <laughs> he said it, not me, okay? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the only thing I have on her is... You heard it here, guys. <laughs> the only thing I have on her is I beat her in this spicy noodle challenge. So. Oh, I said I was gonna not handle it very well, so one you know. bite, one I, bite. That is not fair. I knew I wasn't gonna make it. I already admitted defeat before it even started. Okay, 
So there was really no competition there. I already admitted it. Uh-huh. What, what was the prize? Was there a good prize? Just bragging rights. Just bragging rights? Okay, see, there, that's your problem because, you know, it, unless there's something really at hand, you're not going to really dive into it. So Also, I took I had the... to take care of him. Yeah, she did have <laughs> to take care of me. Although, you know, she brought alcohol and I ended up drinking it all. So that was worth it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Well, uh, the spicy noodles, was that, like, straight out of the bowl, like those spicy noodle bowls that I've seen? It was uh, it yeah. was the cup noodles, like the instant ramen. Oh, uh, okay. So we, we found the hottest, I guess, cup Yeah, you got times two. Yes, I actually got the times two version of the hottest uh, spicy instant ramen that I could find in supermarkets <laughs> over here. Nice. And uh, cried my way through that episode. It was... Uh- <laughs> I gotta know. Do you know what type of peppers they were? Was it a ghost pepper? You know, scorpion. I don't know. I just remember. If I remember correctly from that episode, we got uh, we found a review online that had like the 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 scale, the heat scale, and they they said it was like ten thousand. So yeah. Oh, jalapeno peppers are eight thousand. So ten thousand is only just a little bit hotter. Uh, on the other hand, if you meant to say something like 10 million, then that would be uh, a capstan extract level of hotness. I'm yeah. curious, did it burn on the way out? I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay. I, okay. I did spend well, he died. a lot. Of, I, I did die. <laughs> right, the Scoville scale. Thinking Sorry, out his epitaph. Yeah, the Scoville scale. Uh, well, if you're eating really, really spicy foods and it's in a burns on the way out, not only that traumatizing effect, but if it burns out in the front or the back, it'll actually tell you a little bit more about the hot pepper used. So I'm just, that's why I wanted to know. I, I will say that <laughs> I I uh, had a very uh, difficult time in, in the bathroom. Oh, for, oh yes. Oh. I, yep. I don't remember the if it burns. Spicy is Why? measured to be at twelve thousand SHU. Oh, twelve thousand. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's pretty spicy, but it's still over the counter safe. Okay. Because once, once, once you get in the millions or a hundred, two hundred fifty thousand, that's like you got to sign a contract or something. So it's just it yep. sounds good. Sounds good. So so let's move away from the bathroom talk and back to the kitchen talk. <laughs> What have you uh, been eating these days? Yeah, what, what have you... Actually, before that night, didn't you ask our listeners what they've been eating these days over Instagram? Yes. Some have said whatever I can find. Ramen and bubble tea. One of them said that um, they are cooking bentos, cooking simple meals like soup and rice or sausages and rice and have been eating too many cookies and <laughs> will have to make some uh, cabbage soup. Ooh. Ooh, I should, I should make some of that. That sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about you? What have you been eating? Well, ever think back as a child and you say to yourself, oh, I've always wanted to try that cereal, or I've always wanted to have that like TV dinner type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I discovered that Loblaws does home delivery... I realized, one, that regardless of what's happening, I never need to leave the house, my house ever again. And two, this is a great time for me to try a lot of childhood foods. So I have been ordering a lot of, like, 
Cookie Crisp cereals and oh. Hungry Man dinner, frozen dinners. I've never had one. I have to ask, how are they? Well, okay, so th- the frozen dinners are actually surprisingly good. I, I'm quite impressed. When, whenever you get a, a frozen product and it says microwave or oven or put on a Barbie or something, it's like it's always questionable because like why why can you cook this so many different ways and it should all be good in all three time all three ways? But actually, yeah, they they've put in the science whatever artificial chemicals to make this taste whatever uh, seems to be okay. So yeah, like almost all of them have been. Like I recommend the lasagna. If you find a frozen lasagna that you've always wanted to give it a try, all those I, are fantastic. I love lasagna. Okay, I will. I will go and find that hungry man. Yeah, and you know it's the standard usual: salt, pepper, butter, uh, hot sauce. If you have that stuff at home, you can always accentuate your meal, mm-hmm. like the whatever you're eating. Just dab it a little. Dab your favorite stuff on. Like, I've got like a parmesan uh, sp- spice that I love, so. So do you occasionally eat out, or do you normally eat in these days? Well, ever since the pandemic started, I've always been ordering in or eating in more than not. Again, I actually have family members as well that are uh, immunocompromised, so Uh. I always want to make certain that, you know, everyone is going to be okay, however we interact with each other, you know, whenever we will eventually interact with each other, and just want to make certain that uh, minimize chances, right? So I order in, order in, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 83% you, of our listeners oh. have opted to a home-cooked meal, and 17% choose takeout. Wow. Nice. That's, that's yeah. really good. That's uh, great for, for the... Uh, home cooking i didn't expect the percentage to be that high right it sounds like you, you guys, guys have quite the educated audience though mm-hmm. that was really impressive although i will yeah. question is that home cooking mainly baking because <laughs> everyone <laughs> maybe a that's a new right? question <laughs> yes we need to ask how many of you are baking and mm-hmm. how many of you have hoarded flour yeah <laughs> I, uh, I have a friend who couldn't find flour anywhere and ended up buying a uh, commercial kitchen-sized bag of it. Oh, my God. And uh, the other day, some kids actually came to her door, like her neighbor's kids, basically uh, asking to purchase several cups of it. <laughs> it's the most adorable thing. What a world we live in. Yep. Um- what what has happened? Okay, <laughs> wow! I gotta yeah. go visit my neighbor and ask to borrow a couple of the rolls of TP because I could tell. Yeah, he bought the three ply. He bought the good stuff. So, huh. I'm a two ply guy. Two ply guy didn't work after the uh, instant ramen though. <clears throat> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nightingale, what have you been eating? Uh, just home cooked food, like you know, like Vietnamese dishes and. Italian dishes, you know, not not a lot of baking on my end. Uh, you live with your your family, right? Like your your parents yeah. and your your uh, your sister. Yeah. Uh, are are they cooking as well? Yeah, or... we're all cooking together. Nice. Have you yeah. Have you ordered uh, any like any delivery or just always? Unfortunately, cooking? like in my area, basically a lot of places have shut down, so. You can't really order, and then if you do, it's like places that I personally know that 
are not that clean to order from, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, as much as I would like to help them out, it's more like, uh, I like to stay a little safe, so unfortunately I have not, you know, indulged myself in helping out local businesses, unfortunately. Aww. Which, by the way, listeners, you if you're any of you are wondering why ever since this pandemic started, I'm the one who keeps ordering the food, that's why. Because <laughs> it yeah. seems all the places near me up here in Richmond Hill, north of Toronto, uh, are mostly still open. There are a few places I wanted to order from that uh, and feature on the show that have closed down or at least temporarily. That's really upsetting. Um, but mostly places up here are still open i got a question how are you ordering them are you ordering them via an app or are you actually calling the places directly depends on where it is i usually start by looking at apps like uber eats doordash Mm -hmm. and whatnot however once i find somewhere i like to eat i call them and i'm like okay is it like am i able to get delivery uh directly from you or like do you do pickup because there are a few places that i've kind of driven by just to have a look at their front to see how many people there are what kind of precautions they've taken you know and if i'm comfortable i i am willing to call them and then pick it up myself no that's really good because that one supports the restaurant the most yeah hearing the horror stories about how uber eats is charging like 30 percent on on their uh, as a fee, mm-hmm. and uh, so restaurants are taking a big hit, barely gaining any profit from their orders. Uh, skip the Dishes and uh, DoorDash are better, but again, even though they might be charging less, it's still they're still taking a cut. So what you're doing is like the best from mm-hmm. what I can hear. Although, uh, there is something else that uh, my wife and I are doing, and it's actually our feature today. Uh, so one of the things you mentioned Loblaws delivers and that's good to hear but for the longest time we were just trying to get uh time slots with Loblaws or no frills or whatnot to actually go and pick it up ourselves because at least i know Loblaws they bring it out to my car uh no frills i do have to kind of wait and then go inside to a pickup area but it's very hard to get time slots like they're usually weeks and weeks away and sometimes they're not available at all so then uh so we started looking online for another option and we discovered we can actually buy vegetables from farms and that's when we discovered uh cooper's csa uh it's a farm up in up north in zephyr and we started ordering their vegetable uh vegetable box that we pick up every other saturday And we can also add stuff like meat and butter tarts and whatnot to our order before we go pick it up. And yeah, it's been nice. Like we drive up every other Saturday as a family. It's a nice, beautiful drive, you know. And uh, when we get there, they just put it in my trunk and it's all good. That's amazing. Fresh, you know, farm we're supporting the farmers and that's what's important uh so today i actually uh have food that uh, i'm gonna eat that is from them so i have green beans red peppers and a hot dog looks so good uh i also have craft dinner 
<laughs> along with it and some frozen broccoli from a Canadian and staple along with KD. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a Canadian staple, but it's not the regular KD. It's the organic KD because they ran out of uh regular There's KD. Organic KD? I yeah. have no idea. I know it's strange, but uh yeah, you actually have to the process of cooking it is a lot more complex than regular kd but it's fine like and it tastes amazing so so that's what i'm having tonight while i dig in night uh, i understand you did a write-up of uh, about cooper csa yeah so cooper csa farm and maze located at 266 ashworth road zephyr uh-huh. canada so that is north of toronto where you'll find the cooper family Yes, there are seven generations specializing in agriculture. So not only are you supporting a local family business, you and your stomach will feel a lovely family touch. Now you're probably wondering, why is it called Cooper's CSA? What does CSA stand for? Well, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Now, what does that mean? It means we, the consumers, are directly connected to the farm and farmers who produce our food. It is through our consumerism that we contribute to the quality of the foods provided, and also we pay the wages of all the great people who help make this farm amazing. It truly is a community-supported agriculture place. Cooper CSA also makes their own maple syrup, a bunch of fun activities in October, such as a 10-acre corn maze. They also have a you pick area where you get to pick your own berries, apples, and, you know, uh, pumpkins when they're in season. They also have a farm store and more. It's definitely a great place if you want to bring your friends and family for a great day surrounded by fresh produce and farm animals. Now, speaking of food and animals, Cooper CSA grow their produce GMO-free, ethically raise their livestock without the added hormones. Isn't that amazing? By supporting Cooper CSA, you get... Great family and community connection, as well as knowing that what you consume is of great quality. You can learn more about Cooper's CSA on their website at coopersfarm.ca and on Twitter at Cooper's Farm, Facebook and Instagram at Coop's CSA Farm. And also during this pandemic, purchases are 100% curbside pickup only. So order online and clean out your trunk as you'll want to fill it with Cooper's CSA. So listeners, let us know if you've ever been to Cooper's CSA or plan on it, as we sure support it. We sure do. Night. That was that was fantastic. It's almost like Ooh. you're an actress or something. <laughs> well, it was like a really fun place, and I really wanted to make sure I got the attention it deserved. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. no one knows much about the farming industry other than that they provide us food. Mm-hmm. And also, not all farms say that they are CSA. Exactly. So the good thing about all this is that uh, if you can, this is a great way to promote social distancing because you, uh, you're you away from people, right? Like I mentioned earlier, you just drive up to their pickup spot. They put it in your trunk and you're, you know, away you go. And uh, it's, it's nice, fresh vegetables and meat and uh, you get a nice drive out of it. So win-win yeah and fresh air along that drive right yes we do actually roll down the windows when it's not too cold so that's a that's a nice thing like a added touch as well do you have to contact them out of curiosity do you have to contact them beforehand or do you like you do everything online oh do everything online so Mm -hmm. the entire order's been set up and then you just go in pick it up that's right so it's it's prepaid as well oh nice that that way there's no hassle one more time. What's the website? What's the website? 
coopersfarm.ca. Awesome. So, Eugene, are there any... Uh, so, whereabouts are you? I'm in the Etobicoke area. Etobicoke. All right. Yeah, That's where night is as well. Ah, congratulations. Yeah, isn't <laughs> Look, it great? Loving the land of the gray. Are there places you can recommend around there, since I can't get food from there? Oh, uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, now, from my experience, I'm doing a lot of ordering in, so mm -hmm. I'm focusing on the stuff that's near me. And the first thing I noticed when I was ordering my first favorite stuff, uh, food that comes by delivery has a tendency to be a little bit uh, oversteamed because it's in a sealed container. Mm-hmm. And so things like crispy chicken wings now become very, very soggy chicken wings. And so that sort of fell off the boat for me. Uh, but things like cakes, on the other hand, uh, Dimitri's uh, in my area has been bringing cake and ice cream on those sad quarantine nights. And I, I tell you, that, that's one, if, when it comes to getting, if you like get a lot of variety in your desserts, uh, Dessert shops, uh, in my particular case, is Dimitri's by Kingsway, uh, still serves generous portions. Fantastic. Uh, other things I like to spoil myself on is dim sum. So Ooh, I love dim sum. The Dynasty House seafood, mm. uh, and dim sum is served as a steamed uh, product 99% of the time, and it, so it comes in exactly the way you expect it. So I'll be honest, I've been having a craving for crab cloths. It's such a Canadian dim sum product, but at the same time it it's is It's delicious. Like, it's delicious. I miss that stuff. Do you I, get it with the uh, the red vinegar? Yes, it comes with the red vinegar. <sighs> and if you request it, you, you can ask for more hot sauce, ask for the chopsticks, try to get the full experience. Do you do you own chopsticks? Of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, every once in a while, you want to have some, an extra pair, right? So I, I got a couple yeah. extra pairs here. That's yes. fair. <laughs> and we were talking about hot stuff earlier, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cap this at three. All right. Okay. Uh, there, there's a place I just recently found out about called Five Points Nashville Hot Chicken. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Etoboco-ish area, a little bit more downtown core. Uh, they have a Devil's Breath level of hot sauce. <gasps> Which was brutal. When when I opened the pack, it actually had uh, R.I.P. written on the box, and I knew I had made a mistake. This stuff was brutally hot. So wait, how how well do you normally handle spice? I handle I I'm I've got my face on the wall of flame at Wingporium. The Wing, Wingporium has the world's hottest chicken wings eat, eat the bowl you get your face on the wall i'm on the wall so i need to go take a photo of that yeah you should. he you is have on a photo the wall <laughs> do you have a photo of it yourself uh no but i <gasps> it might be on their i don't know where you'd find it it used to be on the website but they changed the website uh i know if you went inside the location you would see it but uh oh, today God. i'm not too sure how things are going. <laughs> that would have been great for us to post for our viewers. <laughs> but, aww. And this stuff is, I, you know what? I can tell you, either that order I had was an outlier, or the, these guys are new, and they're trying to go for the hottest wing in Toronto. So if, uh, if these were really surprisingly hot uh, chicken wing, it was, it's only a leg-thigh combo that they were offer, or a popcorn chicken. 
but both actually surprisingly well fried, a little bit oily, but at the same time the spice level. Uh, for, forget tasting anything else. You're gonna hit this. You're just gonna taste pain and suffering, but sometimes <laughs> it's really worth it. So, hey Knight, do you want to try to eat that for charity? I'll, I'll just donate a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken, chicken, bok, 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 chicken. Or, or, or okay. as they say in the room, cheap, 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 cheap. No? Okay. Have you seen the room, Eugene? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, no, no, I'm not too sure what, you're, what Naru is. Naru? By uh, The Room by Tommy Wiseau. Oh, the... the Room. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. Okay, cool. Oh, so, so you I turned just... me apart, like. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing tonight right now. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> People really wonder why I'm still here. You're my favorite customer. Knight, <laughs> uh, is there any places you might want to recommend to me, since we're obviously in both in the Tobacoki area? The Grill. The Grill? Ah, yeah, I've seen, I've heard of that. I have not. Yeah, the one on Queensway. It's a, the, the 24-hour diner, but now you can order on Uber Eats. Nice. Is it grill with an E? Yeah, the grill. They have a really good, um, what's it called, um, signature salad, and they also, with, with their own homemade sauce, they also have a really good sweet potato poutine. Uh, so that is at uh, 1596 The Queensway, Etobicoke, which is uh, part of Toronto. Oh, I used to go there for yeah. breakfast, actually. That place is fantastic on the breakfast menu as well. Yeah, like reasonable prices, good portions, sometimes really large, but that's great. All right, might want to try to feature that if one of you, or night, not one of you, night, if you're able to actually order anything. Actually, I'm looking at their menu. Right. I'm, I'm drooling right now. Yeah, oh, I miss having a good breakfast. I'm actually, uh, we're, we're pretty lucky up here. We have uh, Wimpy's, which is a chain, but we also have Sunnyside Grill. They, they do really good all-day breakfast. Mm. I actually just ordered their, I guess you can call it the classic breakfast. I got my uh, like three eggs over easy, bacon, potatoes, and, and toast. Yeah. That sounds great. I think that's one of the things I miss the most of food is that the there's so much variety that is offered from restaurants that we don't really appreciate until it's missing. Like I can get eggs for breakfast, no problem, but mm -hmm. the eggs, bacon, hash browns, toast, you know, just getting the full combination. Yeah, like uh, there's going to be a lot of eating. There's going to be a second diet after this next diet. <laughs> to, you know. So you've found it easy to get eggs near you? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, the Loblaws thing it makes it easy. And I'll, I'll be honest, I actually never shopped at Loblaws beforehand. So oh. part of this was a bit of a, oh, this is really neat because the President's Choice line has all these like extra large eggs, extra thick bacon. And it's like, what? I didn't, okay. Wow. And so, yeah. We up here in Richmond Hill had a bit of a egg hoarding situation for just a little while. So, like, it got so bad that when Shoppers Drug Mart opened in the morning, that's a pharmacy for those of you who don't know, um, but they also have a food section. People lined up before they were open outside just so they can go in and get eggs. When Whoa. 
Yeah. And they're they're sold out in like the first two hours of the day. And that was the norm for like a couple of weeks, I would say. Like my wife and I actually had to go up to a farm, a different farm, not Cooper's, to get their uh, their eggs from their chickens. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Holy crap. And like the drive for us to get those eggs is 45 minutes. So just just to understand, <laughs> like I wasn't willing to line up, you know, with that many people outside of a freaking shopper's drug mart. Uh-uh. Oof. Yeah, luckily the, there was no egg shortage on this side. For whatever reason, people were really into balls of water and canned goods. Uh, someone out there has like 50 cans of tomato paste. I don't know why. Yeah. D- doesn't someone have all of the um, tuna cans? Yeah, what? like, was there an Air Miles deal I wasn't, so, wasn't aware of? Or like... We had a, I think, a one-week shortage of any kind of canned soup. What a huge contrast from our side and your side. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I mean, you guys are still technically Toronto. We are the GTA up here, so I guess mm-hmm. the, the people, mm-hmm. the type of people. So speaking of Etobicoke, is that where you're originally from? Like, are you born in Toronto or Etobicoke? That's right. So, born, raised in Etobicoke, you know, it, a lot of times uh, my friends would call this the the mediocre city of the mega city. It's the, everything is gray, you know, it's not really bright or dark. It's like, it's Etobicoke, you know, it's that but place I, between chapter one and chapter two. It's, you don't know exactly what it is, but it's there, you know, it's, 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 it's. It's okay. <laughs> You're like the border town between like Toronto proper and Mississauga, basically. Yeah, that's that's right. Like we are we're Gondor, and we protect Toronto from the <laughs> outskirts of Brampton and Mississauga. <laughs> so, yeah, those those they're they're heathens <laughs> over there, they're absolute <laughs> barbarians, just horrible horrible people. Sorry, Saga. Sorry, Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Nightingale's silent again, just shaking her head, wondering what she got herself into, partnering me. Heathens is a very strong word. It is. But it's the pandemic. It's not like anyone can come over here and kick my butt. <laughs> The day after the pandemic ends, Mike's body <laughs> is... Line up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so um, are your parents also Canadian, or uh, were uh, they immigrants? Uh, they were immigrants. Uh, where they, were they from? My father was from China. My mother was from the Philippines. Uh, they came over... To, uh, way back in the 60s, 70s, uh, they met. Nine months later, my sister was born. Uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful story. Uh, you know, they, they they live in Toronto. My my, my mom has passed since uh, quite a while ago, but yeah. all the same, my dad is still around. So you know, I check in on him a lot. And uh, you know, they're all getting. He's up there in the age, so absolutely. The uh, one I try to make certain that uh, he stays safe. It's, it's always really fascinating because the older folks, uh, they get, I think they're more, if they're mobile, 
and they're used to being outside and doing things with other people, um, I have to like rein my father in, as opposed to myself who gladly lives at his computer. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's uh, new challenges this quarantine has found, which is uh, really I, I also agree. the The older generation seems to be a little bit more stubborn, but then again, the younger generation is also stubborn. They think they're yeah. invincible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the, how this quarantine was originally presented. This is the boomer doomer, right? So, yep. like, unless you're a bo like, only hurts the boomers, so everyone else can party. Like the the Flor Floridians off on the beaches, uh, <laughs> example A, is going crazy down there. Granted, I have heard that the beaches have opened up again. So, uh, second wave. This is a a, fan a fascinating study of. Possible second wave statistics. Yeah, mind you, here in Toronto, goes. we do have a lawsuit, at least threatened against the city, because of people getting fined for going to parks and ignoring social distancing and ignoring the closures. Ah, uh, yeah. Like the lawyer who got fined for doing chin-ups. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. It's uh, it's one of those poor cases where it's like. I, I need to exercise. Let me go outside. Sure, but if everyone does it at the same time, well, then suddenly we're not social distancing anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's a loophole that we're so conveniently trying to work around. Yeah. So growing up, um, where did because your mom's from the Philippines, your dad's from China. So right. did they both try to instill their cultures into you? Oh, they both tried and failed. It's like piano lessons. <laughs> uh, but yes, absolutely. And obviously, in order to bridge the gap, they had to speak English, and so English became my primary language. Do you speak uh, Chinese or Tagalog? Uh, enough to order food, and then from there it spirals downward to worse than high school French. <laughs> uh, that's pretty low. <laughs> in case you want anyone to know. <laughs> But hey, at least you can order food. Do you understand more than you speak, or is it equivalent both ways? I'd say I probably understand a little bit more than I speak, but I'm also a really uh, invested face reader. So it's as stupid as that sounds, that actually really helps me with the translation. If I if sense. I can't see the person, I I'm totally no idea what they're saying. Like if it's just audio, I would have no idea. But right. if I if I have context and I'm seeing a face, then I'm able to understand a lot more, a lot better. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's how my brain works. No, it it totally makes sense, especially as an actor. Like what comes across from your face, especially if you have context, is uh, is really important. How 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 have you been finding work or gigs or auditions <laughs> during this time? Obviously, things have slowed down in the industry. Um, yeah. Mind you, there's more. There are more casting calls for non-union actors like Nightingale than there are for unionized ones like myself. Um, I, I'm guessing it's something to do with just more precautions being taken on union sets. I guess. Uh, but I've still been auditioning, just very infrequently. Everything's obviously self-tape. So, mm -hmm. uh, as a performer, we've, like, my friends and I have gotten together. We've just been doing play readings over Zoom, uh, just doing our own stuff, like, 
my friend Tim and I, we submitted a film to the Isolation Film Festival. And, uh, yeah, just trying to stay creative and stay on top of things while we wait for work. Like, even the stuff I audition for, even if I land it, it won't be filming anytime soon, right? Unless yeah. it's a film at home project, which again is mostly non-union work. So, uh, yeah. Oof, fascinating stuff. How about you, Nightingale? Have you, uh, are websites breaming with new posts or you find it's becoming dry? What's your experience I've on this? I've been staying away from the internet a lot because there's just a lot of internet garbage. So ah, I've been staying yeah. away from that. In terms of work, uh, nothing on the entertainment side other than working on this fun podcast and just doing charitable work. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've do, as I said, I did a lot of side projects and other things, and part of it I am uh, following the theater theater kids style of life every once in a while, and so I'm involved with a lot of community theater projects, a lot of theater. Oh, that's wonderful. And, oh, it's fantastic. Problem is the theaters have closed down. And at the time, it was the belief that, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put everything on pause, and then pandemic occurs, and when it's over, we're going to unpause. Everything in the schedule will be shifted forward, and the the show run that we were right in the middle of, I was in the middle of the show run of Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, it's actually expected to continue. Like right now, for the past two months, that set has been sitting on a stage in a theater, locked up uh, for like unbelievable amount of time. I've never heard of a set, uh, a set piece being assembled and then left on stage for two months. Like it's fascinating when I think about it. But I yeah. uh, have you guys considered getting a grant from, let's say, the Ontario Arts Council because there are grants out there for things like plays to be, I guess, translated to show online yeah. in some format or another? Well, isn't that the... I think that might be the new reality. Like, there, more and more, we're looking at ways people are trying to find out uh, means to entertain ourselves and to bring entertainment to people. Like, mm-hmm. the talk shows that guys are doing out of their garages. Like, uh, that that is like... That could be a new reality, depending on how this goes. So, or podcasts. Or podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. So, growing up, were you always interested in the uh, in the arts? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the arts was always something that I've always wanted to do professionally, but growing like let's fa- let's face a very harsh reality, and that is. What, what the arts are today and what they were 15, 20, 25 years ago, really different stories. And growing up, I would be like, oh, I would love to be an actor, but the roles are so racist and derogatory and or non-existent. And uh, so that dream's kind of put on hold a little bit. Like, um, And then I re-found it... Uh, post-graduation. Uh, a friend of mine actually was, uh, his family run, is part of the Gilbert and Sullivan Preservation Society. Oh, and wow. so I found myself uh, being introduced to operettas and opera, and I sang on stage uh, with uh, the St. Anne's Musical Theater and Drama Group for several years. Is this after graduating from high school? Uh, university, or, actually. Oh, what yeah, did you yeah. go to university for? 
uh, I did actuarial science and sociology. Oh, wow. So I did a, a lot of mathematics, a lot of statistics, and uh, generally speaking, I sort of chose it because, oh, that's really hard. I've, that's certainly a career path. Yeah, clearly I'm not in it. I'm a database guy now, but uh, at the time, didn't know exactly, you know, where I wanted to, where my count, Geiger counter was pointing. So, you know, we all find ourselves again and again and again. That's one of my stories. So, yeah. it's uh, like, have you? I know you have a long history with uh, being a performer. I actually have a. See, I didn't discover my love of the arts until university. So I have a degree in human biology, but I'm actually or was a uh, double major in human biology and sociology. So, oh, wow. Um, yep, acting was at the opposite end of the spectrum for me. Mm, so, what did you feel about it when you were growing up? Like, how did, how was your experience in particular? Like, um, did you? I mean, I loved watching movies. I love watching television. Uh, I wanted to play the piano and eventually got to do it when I was about 13 and mm -hmm. played all the way into university before I stopped. I uh, was in the school band. But like drama, never. Never on the radar. Not even once. Really? Mm hmm. That's fascinating. And so you found it after school. Was it because someone invited you to take part in something, or did uh, you see an audition notice? It was because I knew some people in the uh, like who was in school to program video games. Oh, okay. And uh, they were doing a video game for for school, and they knew I did stupid voices and asked me to do stupid voices for their game. <laughs> that's how I got involved with voiceover work as well, actually. So that's that's awesome. There's that. Like after that, I was like, "Oh, this is fun," and I started like recording audio parodies of like anime, uh, my own versions of trailers for like crossover movies. Like I had one that was listened to. Uh, by people on the message board I used to be a part of uh, where I mixed the Hulk with the Matrix. <laughs> okay. So All basically right. Bruce Banner uh, was was introduced to the concept of the Matrix and when he chose to, you know, fight, uh, he started training Morpheus, but then while he's training, his power unlocked and he became the Hulk. Nice. Yeah. You are the one, Neo. Neo Smash! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically what happened. That's beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, that's... Okay. That's yeah, amazing. so so after university, you sang. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I sang. Uh, some people saw me. They said, hey, would you like to join our theater group? And so I ended up joining a whole bunch of uh, theater groups from that. Uh, started off with... Uh, from St. Anne's, I joined another group called the Alexander uh, Singers. They changed to Alexander Showcase. I'm still with uh, them in many ways because I've done a lot of shows with them. Okay. Uh, actually, one of the things you might actually uh, consider, or if I if I if they ever do it again, I'll tell you about it, is they used to do live radio plays. And the live radio plays effectively meant you would go on stage as a character who was an actor in a radio station, and you would perform a, a script uh, as if on the radio, uh, effectively, you know, an actor 
acting, and uh, we do live radio shows like It's a Wonderful Life or Christmas Carol, and you get to do like 13, 6, 8 voices, and it's like a super fantastic time. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Sounds and, like a podcast on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, are you, how are you enjoying the podcast uh, side of it? I'll, I'll let Nightingale answer that first. Sure. It has been a fabulous ride. Fantastic. What, that's do you that's any... all you can say? Seriously? <laughs> Am I that annoying? <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Nightingale has done a phenomenal job on our social media. She has uh, basically evolved it from just simple stories and just announcements to like asking questions and uh, encouraging listener interaction or drawing in new listeners through the interactions on our Instagram. And uh, yeah, like she also does a lot of our research for things like history bites and uh, just information about the different places we introduce. So yeah. Well, we are a community podcast, so I wanted to build like a little online family, you know. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely amazing. That's great. Have you, uh, Thank you. It is. Have you considered doing a podcast, Eugene? I've played around with it uh, a few times. I've, I used to uh, do uh, several podcasts on esports, actually. Uh, oh. Of peculiar as it sounds. I used to be a huge fan of Hearthstone. Uh, still am, actually. And uh, when I first got introduced to the game, I said, I love this game. I, I've done events before for other things, for conventions and nerd stuff. So I was like, oh, I got to get involved. And so I ended up running a lot of uh, Hearthstone-based uh, gaming groups and whatnot. And uh, because of that, uh, I ended up getting invited to a couple of podcasts specifically about Hearthstone and esports. Oh, wow. And uh, it, was, it was a great experience. It, like, it all came out of my pocket, but I got to go to Blizzard's headquarters. I got what? to get a tour. Yep, absolutely. You know, I uh, became an official Hearthstone innkeeper. You know, it was a really fantastic experience. And because of that, I ended up uh, sticking a foot in staying in the indie video game community. And so I love finding out what's happening there and what games are coming out and how they're approaching it and things like that. So, so, so wait, what do you do for the community these days? Uh, well, right now I'm much more of a, I guess you can say, uh, social socialite, I guess you can call it. Uh, yeah. They do, they do uh, meetups. They, there are several that are streaming their work nowadays. They're coding online, putting it on Twitch. Oh, wow. Uh, other coding. And uh, just I'm effectively involved in seeing who there uh, might be interested in how I can interact with them. Like my background in the video game side of things is more of a community manager slash uh, I'm my other voiceover work and or writing type of thing. So I love like trying to get in, foot in those angles. Uh, but it, every project is different, so you never know what people are looking for. And most of the time, these guys prefer to work in sets of one or two. So uh, you wait until they have a need, and then you fulfill the need, and that's pretty much it. It's uh, all over the place. We're uh, discovering here that you have a huge and vast set of talents. <laughs> that's amazing. You're well, like a jack of, of all trades. Uh, I definitely... I'm quite a character. I won't lie to you there, but 
Dragon Ball Trade, that's questionable. Anyways, when it comes to podcasts in, in general, though, I love the idea of podcasts. I think podcasts, I think social media, new media is the future. Absolutely. Guaranteed. The, the next 10,000 famous people, the next new batch of millionaires, they're all going to be heavily involved in social media. Oh, Absolutely I, I believe it. I don't doubt it, especially now that we have that... Uh, was that the, Do you remember the movie Simone? Simone? With, no, I don't. Uh, I think it's Al Pacino. Oh, it's basically he programs a, uh, a a CGI'd actress singer. Oh, and okay. everyone thinks she's real, like she's in movies, she does concerts, and she has like a whole life of her own. And it gets away from him, uh, and then eventually he gets accused of murdering her. Oh yeah. So so. Anyways, when I was young, I loved that movie. By the way, I thought it was the most amazing thing, and I was like, "Man, I wish that was real." Well, it is now because there is a CGI celebrity named Michaela who was just recently signed by an agency, CAA. I do believe Simu Liu is signed with them. Wow. Miguel, do you know of uh, who Simu's with? I will check right now. Okay. But yeah, like, she got signed. But here's here's the terrifying thing. First of all, she was created by an entertainment group. And just, she launched, uh, I think, in 2016 on Instagram with no advertising. And then over the years, amassed 2.2 million followers. Then Whoa. she ended up on TikTok with over 500,000 followers. And she she has songs, and she does music videos, and she posts that a lot. Is incredible, and she's not a real person, or primarily no. not. Wow, huh. nobody knows who her voice is. I suspect her body is a mix of CG and uh, actual, like a model. But I okay. can't. Obviously, there's no info on who that is either. Everything's so hush hush. What I find fascinating about that is, for one, right now we are literally the first generation to ever encounter social media, right? Yes. And so the people that are becoming super successful at it literally are luck of the draw, great timing, moment, you know, the universe said it so, uh, pure chance, effectively. Yes. Right? And so we have not seen that many curated, uh, hi, we're... Fox News, and we're going to purposely make this one person famous on YouTube. You know, we right. haven't yet to see that, right? Yeah. But you're talking about not only creating and saying we're going to make this person famous, but it's a, not even a real person. That person, that thing is owned. So that's, that's right. She's a that's essentially nuts. a robot. Essentially. Yeah. There's no physical body, but... That's yeah. like a next step above, like... Oh, I, if that's super successful, all entertainment should be owned by a, a, a company as opposed to having to deal with an actor or an actress. And I, it terrifies the heck out of me because everyone always said, like, there are certain jobs that can't be replaced by automation. Well, it looks like we're headed towards a CGI person taking our place because wow. I've watched some of her music videos, which, by the way, are done with her and real actors <laughs> and they interact very convincingly i'm sitting here going what am i watching how did they do this 
Oh my god, that is amazing. Jeez. Huh. And Simu Lu is with CAA. Okay, so Simu and Michaela <laughs> have the same agency. Now, is Simu real? Starting to wonder. <laughs> Starting to wonder. How is this possible? Oh, God. Is Kim's convenience real? Or is Actually, it all a CG'd family? You know, that is one of my favorite shows. Freaking. I sure hope that Joe is not computer generated. <laughs> be very disappointed. Although I've met Polly, he's a major nerd. He's like he's, always he's amazing. Yeah, like he's so involved with the community that like y you can't like if you, if you're lucky you will run into him and you'll see that he's like one of the friendliest guys, most honest guys you'll ever meet. So it's uh yeah, that no way in heck is he CG. <laughs> Simu, on the other hand, you have yet to meet the guy. <laughs> Jury's still out. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, so after university, you sang. You oh, were sang, involved uh, in theater. Yeah, involved theater. Video game, esports. Yes. Uh uh, the writing side of it was also part of it. When I was in the university, I wrote uh, a fantasy book, so I published that right after I graduated. Oh, what's it uh, called? Uh, it's, it's this horrible book called The Lich, Lost in Darkness. You'll find it on Amazon. It's garbage. I was in my 20s when I wrote that. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so from there, uh, the writing angle, I always kind of kept in my pocket. And recently, in recent years, I actually sort of got more back into it and uh, ended up taking some courses at U of T, uh, Arendelle, uh, mm -hmm. taught by Barbara Radecki, who just recently released a book, Passenger uh, uh, 93. Oh. Uh, Messenger 93, I believe. And that was released just last week. I was at her Zoom release, make sure I'm going to sing it right. So. Barbara Radecki also is the uh, voice actress for Sailor Moon. And uh, I had met her through the nerd channels, mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better phrase. I t ended up taking one of her courses and, you know, uh, was invited to her uh, book reading uh, opening. That was just last week. So Mester 93 by Barbara Radecki. She was fantastic. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on that. Uh, so the writing uh, side of it. After taking that course, I realized I wanted to do uh, something more uh, on television. So I ended up writing a, a script uh, for a children's show. I kind of like it, but at the same time, I need to put more uh, a proof of work out there. So I decided I'm going to work on a small book beforehand. Mm -hmm. And that's where I currently am on the writing side of things. Right. But uh, again, the quarantine, life itself, uh, it's a slow... It's a slow pace. So tell us um, a little about your Instagram, Eugene. Instagram. Oh yeah. yes. Oh man. Okay. So if, is that like a project or no? Well, okay. If I because uh, you have a logo not, and everything. Yeah. Well, uh, for the first year of, of of Eugene eats that, that's just the food I ate. I have a tendency to love food, mm -hmm. so I would go to. A uh, huge variety of restaurants, a uh, huge number of different locations, uh, because of a, again the wide circle of friends. Now that we've delved into this, uh, everyone has different choices, different pre preferences, 
And so once a week I'd have a vegan meal, another week I'd be at the steakhouse, blah, 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 blah. And I found, oh, you know what, this is a really amazing variety, and started taking pictures of it. And then that naturally transitioned into Instagram, and then as I, you know, really enjoyed what I was doing, and this really showed uh, amongst uh, the people I was with, uh, I ended up getting support and got a logo and started getting even more involved and did a photo shoot with Dolce Gelato. It's things of, you know, I, for an Instagram, it surprisingly went further than I expected, and it's still going. So it's, you know, it's, it's not that old. It's just over a year, but it's been a great, fun trip. Totally recommend. If you like doing something, you know, feel free to put it online. Share it with the world because, you know, people will support you if they, you know, find out about it. Because, yeah, I love, uh, I love looking through the different foods you feature on your uh. Instagram. <laughs> it gives me, gives me ideas for places to eat once we're out of isolation. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, on my Instagram, you also notice that I did a, I was on uh, John, uh, oh my god, I can't say his name wrong. Uh, I was on the, uh, not the food bucket list, uh, you got to eat here? No, the bucket list. Uh, way back last year, uh, that's when uh, the show, John, the big food bucket list, um, John yep. Katushi, that's right, that's it, that's it, that's it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I uh, I guessed it on that show uh, well last year, just over last year, when he was at this amazing buffet, Brazilian steakhouse, Brazilian food, Copacabana. Boom, there you go. Bam. And, uh, yeah, so if you look up episode two, uh, I show up midway through, and I just simply do what I do, talk about food. It's just goofiness. It's silly. I've always wanted to uh, visit Copacabana. Is it is it as good as it looks? It is absolutely worth the experience. Now, Copacabana has uh, live entertainment as well. Oh, really? Dep I didn't know that. So, depending on what nights you go on, and it's a, it can be a blast. It's a great place for a birthday. Uh, if you go on your birthday, you bring six people, I believe, your night, your meal is free, if Ooh. I recall correctly. So it's uh, totally worth look. Totally got it. Like, it's a little bit on the pricier side, but come on. People are walking around with hunks of meat that you get to eat. Like, freaking 12 different types of steaks. It's so worth it. Nom, I'm nom, actually nom. scrolling through. I just realized you. I missed this one. You did the uh, Millennium Falcon gingerbread house. <laughs> of course, turned out way better than mine. Because I did the same one. <laughs> Did you, is it just me or they gave you like a liter of icing? They did, although yours now at the end looks like a cinnamon roll. <laughs> I just like I just kept on going. I noticed it was like a yeah. good analogy of the Star Wars uh, movies. And then and then you just put all the balls onto it, all over it, just covered it with balls. <laughs> So good. Surprisingly. <laughs> it, was it was delicious. More flavor than substance, but damn it, it was still good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nightingale. Do yes. We have questions from our listeners for this lovely foodie here. Yes, we do. They want to know how is your diet? A uh, huge yeah. fan of what's called intermittent fasting. All right. So I am what you would call a fast and feast type of lifestyle. Uh, in which particular case, uh, intermittent fasting is usually done with the 16, 16 hours, don't, no eating, 
and your remaining meals are in an eight-hour window. And you can technically, if you treat it like uh, people who do food eating contests, uh, you can extend it for a, but a much, much longer period. Like if you go 30 hours without food and then you have a big meal, you can not gain a million pounds. It'd be very easy to gain a tremendous amount of weight if you're not constantly rebalancing. So uh, despite the fact I do eat an absurd amount of food, uh, I do temper that with both an exercise regimen and because I intermittent fast. Ooh, what do you do for exercise, especially now that we're, you know, all home? Well, I keep, I always keep weights by my computer because if they weren't near my computer, I would never work out. That is <laughs> a fact. Fair. Fair. And depending on what you like, I like, I enjoyed uh, yoga for a while. I uh, actually tried the Diamond Dallas Page yoga. I, I have that too. You have it too? I have the DVDs, the originals. Oh, did you try it? Did you, did you actually yeah, give yeah. it a go? I, I, I did it for like three months. It, yeah. It's surprisingly effective. Yes, that's the very first thing I noticed as well. It was like uh, exercise with little motion. Who knew? And so I... I actually keep some of those things in sort of like in the back as in like, I don't do a full DVD of exercises, but a couple of the yoga poses you can do when you first wake up. So like planking, you plank in the morning, you plank before you go to bed. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. And what's the, I see another question, right? Yep. How do you find good food? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Uh, it depends. Depends. Like, if you're with people who have specific tastes, that always helps drive the conversation. If you're hanging out with a vegan or if you're hanging out with a staunch meat eater. But in general, you can trust reviews. Reviews are pretty competent. Like, if you want to find your top ten lists and uh, try it out, like, you never know. And, of course, if you're going to hit a mom-and-pop shop, uh, chances are if they have a an off specific menu burger that's nowhere else that's usually pretty good for reviews is there a place like a website that you find more reliable than others hmm to be honest like I, google reviews or yelp or to be honest i don't really really trust any of them a hundred percent i've seen the yelp attacks for whatever <laughs> reason yeah. So, uh, some some restaurants, for whatever reason, get a bad won't get bad a bad experience in the community, and then suddenly there's a pile on of bad reviews, and that actually happens. Who knew that would happen in the food industry of all things? But uh, so I, I sort of take it with a grain of salt. Like some like nine times out of ten, it should be okay. Like uh, you can sort of accept it. But if, if a restaurant is doing the full prong approach of having a website, having a nice clean front and you know a good signage, chances are they know what they're doing. Then, Gail, how about you? How do you normally find food? Uh, normally, it's like word of mouth because I would just trust my friends because I trust their palate. Oh, okay. So you've curated friends that have a palate to your liking, which is yeah. And how and do you try? And also, like. A lot of my friends, like, we all support, like, community places, so that's why, like, I the places I eat are more geared towards, like, community foods. I love this idea of supporting community groups and foods. I, w I would love to talk to you guys more about this. Uh, oh, absolutely. Because I want to see, I would love to know more about how you approach it because uh, of 
how businesses are interacting with their community today. It's uh, things are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mike? How do you find yeah. new places to see or oh, good places? Oh, different things. I uh, sometimes I just like wherever I am. I'll just open Google Maps and start looking through what foods there are in the area. And if something looks interesting, I'll just walk to it and try it. I uh, like Nightingale. I have friends that I ask. I'm like anywhere I can try for this or that. I also have a friend who's a chef, so he can uh, also recommend places for me to go. So yeah, just although right now it's mostly scrolling uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash yep. and other apps, finding it, trying it, and then like I said, trying to find a different way to get food from it. Yeah, even though Uber Eats might be the supposed villain app, it has the best search engine. You you you, you type a random dish, Uber Eats might find it. Like it's oh yeah, really impressive. Yeah, we've found so many new places to feature just by doing that. Oh, All right, cool. so finally, I noticed that our Instagram listeners want you to stay healthy out there, Eugene. Oh, thank you. Yeah, our community is very caring to our guests. They've. They are, yeah. All right. So, Eugene, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. I apologize for talking your ear off on some parts. No, it was great. We love it. So, outside of your Instagram, which is at Eugene Eats That, uh, is there are there any other ways for people to connect with you? There was, but all those other things have all those other ways have turned into projects that have died. Ah, uh, jeez, I, I, you know what? I will tell you again another time. But like, I used to run a web comic, and that used to be the number one way to connect with me. But I realized just this instant that Twitter. A web page, everything on about it is gone. So Eugene eats that is the only way. Eugene eats that, unfortunately, is okay. the only way. Well, it, it's not too unfortunate since it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> lie to me, baby. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Love the food. All right. Again, thank you. And bringing this to a close, Nightingale. How can people connect with you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at night.win. And I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Michael C.W. Chan. Plus, you can find me on my website, michaelchan.ca. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us once again. We really appreciate you listening to our show. And remember, stay home, stay safe, and stay Stay hungry. hungry. Woo! This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Theme music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at, at TWMF Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry. <laughs> <laughs>